Peace and blessings, positive vibrations. Today is May 19th, 2020. You are now listening to The Crow Show. It's your host, Torch the Poet. I know it's been quite some time since I've held the segment on the porch with Torch, but, you know, here we are. Definitely hope everybody's day has been great. Um, Of course, I do not own the rights to the music that you will hear playing in the background throughout this segment. Right now, Cypress Hill, I want to get high, which I'm about to light my joint up and get stoned. As you all know, this is a very, very 420-friendly podcast. So, excuse me, before I, I get on with the proceedings, I need to light up. Now, what I'd like to talk about, I'd like to talk about, uh, well, this is really speaking towards the men however of course to every listener um, yet more importantly this is speaking to to men Uh, men we have got to learn to be more transparent you have got to learn to stop being toxic to yourself so that you will stop being a toxicity to someone else um And I'm bringing this up because uh, yesterday I did a segment on a good friend of mine's podcast and I spoke about transparency and how it's something that is damn near extinct um, amongst the community of men. And this is not just based on one skin color. It just seems to be extinct amongst the community of men collectively. Um, So... I feel the need to open up this dialogue or this topic of conversation with the hopes that other men will hear this and or uh, women will hear this and um, take something from it and allow it to manifest in that particular person's life. So with that being said, you know, um, on with the proceedings and I'm going to be a bit transparent myself. Um, I can't give you everything within one segment because it will be too lengthy and I'm quite sure no one wants to hear me be that much of a motor mouth within one segment. Smile. (laughs) Uh, so for me personally speaking, um, the day that I realized that I was a toxic man, Um, That was the day that I got shot. Um, It was the afternoon of March 23rd, 2003. Um, And when my mommy arrived at Christ Hospital uh, and walked into the emergency room where I was. uh, I was in laying on a hospital bed with two bullet holes in my back. Um, The very moment that I saw my mommy break down into tears um she was still alive um in this in a physical form uh, back then um but when i saw my mommy break down into tears um it really it really hit home for me um because seeing my mother in tears is not anything i ever want or wanted pardon me to see um nor calls especially me being a mommy's boy. Um, But that just really 
put into perspective that damn I was a toxic man because there was a lot of uh, decisions that that I was making at that point in time um, <clears throat> that was not that was not positive and it definitely was not conducive with living a positive life and um, again seeing my mommy cry and then hearing her say you know thank God you're alive but I could have lost you um, you know I could be looking at you pretty much within a body bag um, and though I was high off of morphine because again I had two bullet holes in my back blood pouring out of my back but I was still cognizant and, and fully, uh, fully alert um, I was still able to look at my mommy and, and, and just I guess receive or mentally ingest better yet if you will um, the emotional pain that she certainly was feeling. Um, add along with that, the fact that my baby girl was a mere three years young um, at that point in time. Uh, so it really all hit home like, damn, I've, I could have really caused a far greater deal of pain um, maybe even some anguish um heartache heartbreak what have you uh, i could have caused a great deal more had i died and my action that particular day um due to being a person part of a gang um you know that that one action alone that that very toxic action alone made it where um you know here my my mother and my family are all feeling very very at e at pardon me <laughs> i'm stoned not feeling at ease and you know just full of concern and and just questions as well um so as i kind of rewind the hands of time um i think about how even at the age of five um i was somewhat thrusted into a position of having a man up um and and again men i'm speaking to you all in particular um and then i'll i'll get back to my point um men we have got to be greater at being transparent because it's healthy for those in our lives that we care about um, friends, loved ones, significant other. Uh, however, more importantly, it's healthy for ourselves. So you have to stop carrying years, months, days, minutes, even seconds of pain, uh, distress, um, even even happiness, you know, even we we have we as men have got to learn to be far more transparent and not keep a lot of things uh bottled up inside so you know you've got to learn to respectfully express what is on your mind and what is in your heart as a man so back to my point now again um at the age of five 
I was thrust into pretty much being the man of the house. Um, my papa got caught cheating on my mommy. She obviously found out. Um, and I never forget seeing all this. Well, pardon me. I actually heard them arguing. Um, I was at the bottom of the stairs and they were at the, uh, on the second level. Um, cause there was a set of stairs that would walk up to the second level where the bedrooms were. Um, their bedroom was the very center bedroom, if you will. And there was a, the bathroom on the left. If you're facing, that would be what North, uh, pardon me, East. If you're facing East, um, there, there was a bathroom, to the left on the second floor then my room and then again dead center was my parents room and then a third bedroom on the right so um i'm overhearing them argue um and then finally i, I see my my papa emerge from their bedroom and he just had like the worst look on his face like fuck um my son heard all of this um, and I just, I, I, I'd never forget how, you know, my mother still is going off as she comes out of the room behind him, um, telling him, you know, get the fuck out, um, hitting on him, clawing him, um, ripped his flannel shirt. I mean, like I'll never forget the image and I'll never forget my old man kneeling down, um, saying, He's sorry, you know, giving me a kiss on the cheek, and that was the last time I seen my old man in our home. Um, obviously, I go see my old man every other weekend. However, as far as him being uh, in our home uh, for the as he was for the first five years of my life, um, that no longer existed, and it was extremely tough for me to to, to deal with that. Um, though at five, you know, I, I, I'll be candid in saying I don't remember um, exactly the emotional state of of mind or being, if you will, that I was in. Um, I do remember my mommy crying quite a bit because my old man um, was her high school sweetheart. And, you know, here she has to come to grips with uh, <clears throat> her husband, the man of her life man of her world father of her or their son um, cheating on her and I just remember you know feeling as though there was something I need to do to make my mommy smile um, and that's when I fell in love with well not fell in love with but discovered um, my gift for wordplay and my gift for writing poetry um, because I, I, now I don't recall what I wrote, but whatever I, I wrote and knocked on my mommy's door, um, I, I heard her crying. Um, whatever I handed her, well, not whatever I handed her, whatever I had written on the paper that I handed her, um, just, I guess, blew her mind and made her feel uh, so happy for that given moment. Um, but yet, even still, uh, there was a significant amount of transparency coming from my mommy's end 
for what she was going through, which I understand because she didn't want me to feel um, as much of the pain that she was feeling, which is a great mother. You can't knock that at all. Um, now me seeing my old man cheat, well not cheat, I didn't see him cheat, pardon me, but hearing the fact that he did cheat, um, again at five, you probably don't really come to grips with what cheating is. However, I just knew my old man was no longer in the home with us. Um, now for my mom, that also means she had to step up and I guess assume both roles, if you will, of being um, the mom and the dad now. And so though she showed me a great amount of love um she definitely ruled with an iron fist um you know there were many occasions where verbally um she was a bit harsh and physically when it was time for me to get an ass whooping um she could be a bit harsh however you know there's no manual that comes with being a parent especially the first time and you know uh <clears throat> a single mom having to raise uh, a young man you know again there, there's no manual so some of them asked what was let's keep it 100 i deserved um i do feel like the verbal uh harshness could have certainly been uh, alleviated and done without However, shit, none of us are perfect. Um, now, again, I did see my old man uh, every other weekend. However, there was three men that I idolized way more than I idolized my own, my own papa, which is my grandfather, um, and then both of my uncles, which um, are both of his sons. Um, and, you know, my grandfather did his dirt, you know, this, this was a great man, served in two wars, um, did his dirt behind closed doors as far as, um, having a chick on the side and, uh, he wasn't the most transparent man. Um, he, he was a very loving man. Um, however, you know, my grandfather wasn't the most transparent man. I mean, hell, if he wasn't in his garage working on cars, then he was out either at work at the steel mill before he retired. And then when he retired, he was definitely out doing his dirt. I mean, he would pretty much be at home to eat breakfast um, that my grandmother would make. Uh, after that, he'll be gone maybe come home for lunch and go right back out and be gone till dinner. And then, you know what I'm saying? He'll chill until the next day and repeat. Um, I, he wasn't super transparent, you know, um, certain talks you just didn't have, you know, this was a man from Clarksdale, Mississippi. So, uh, he dealt with a lot of, racial inequality growing up so transparency was not a part of his regimen or his everyday way of living therefore he didn't pass that down to my uncles because they too um though they showed a great deal of love towards me 
um, and my cousins, um, transparency is not their strong suit either. Um, so where I'm going with all this is, this is something that if it's not taught at an early age, um, this being transparency, then it's <sighs> what it's hard for for us men to learn something that's not taught to us at a young age. Um, and again, for the 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 women who are listening, um, perhaps you know if you question some things about your man, you know, you know why are you so closed off or. Uh, why are you so guarded? Um, why at times you seem to be a bit shrewd? Challenge him to be transparent about what has gone on in his life in his younger years, all the way up to the age he is at that point. Um, I think you'll 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 find a you'll find a. a, a I guess several revelation revelations, pardon me, that will open your mind that he also needs to get off his chest. Um, now to go back, um, the reason why I'm kind of naming these events in my life and, and more than I'm going to name is to show the audience um, that as a as a young man, there are events that occur in our life uh, where it's so hard to be transparent because again, we're not taught to be transparent, so we really close it off and it becomes very toxic. Now, at the age of eleven, as I get back on track, at the age of eleven, um, my mommy she became a franchise franchisee. Pardon me, and she opened. Um, J&J Fish Restaurant on 78th and Halsted. And this is where I pretty much learned the ins and outs of uh, how to be a line cook, how to prep um, in a restaurant setting, how to present um, a customer's meal, you know, how to trade up. Um, how to sweep, how to clean, marketing tactics, uh, the cash register. I mean, you, quite a bit. I learned a lot of ins and outs, how to lock up, how to open. Um, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of things I learned. Um, and I never forget just sitting down at the age of 12 and my mommy sitting me at the kitchen table and having me learn how to pretty much become her accounts receivable clerk and balance the books. Um, very, 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 very invaluable lesson. Um, which my point, my mom herself was showing me transparency by teaching me all of these things. So for women, it seems like women have the mark of, of being transparent, like it's in their DNA. Um, <clears throat> now, again, where I'm going with all this is as young men, if we don't learn to be transparent, we're learning to be toxic. So that's where I'm going with all of this. So um, 
hopefully I'm not losing anyone and someone like, where the hell is he going with all this? Well, this is where I'm going with all these events that occurred in my life to kind of give a brief synopsis as to why um, I wasn't transparent for many years and why I had to learn to become transparent. Um, so back, back to the point, um, or back to the life-changing events that occurred in my life. Um, at the age of 12, you know, I got another reality check of, of how toxic a man can be. Um, when my aunt Angie's husband um, killed her over the fact of her wanting to leave this abusive motherfucker. Um, she had a girlfriend bring her to their, their house on a farm that I used to visit every summer. Thank God I wasn't there when this happened um, in the month of January. Um, however, um, she had a girlfriend bring her back to, to their house on, on a farm and she wanted to just get her shit and leave. Um, and to my understanding, she didn't know that he was there. I think she thought he was going to be gone at work or whatever, but she didn't know he was going to be there. And um, he was really, really bad out on coke, so he was all fucked up and shit. And he, I think, I, according to what I what I recall, as the story was told to me, um, my aunt Angie ran out of their house where, you know, they were arguing, and, and I guess she ran out. Um, Roy, Roy, which was this asshole's name, got a hunting rifle, shot her once in her back, um, walked up to her, stood over her, pardon me, walked up to her, turned her over, stood over her, and then blew the right half of her face off. And again, it just, it, it just showed me at the age of 12, like, damn, motherfuckers are, are, are fucked up. You know, men can be very, very toxic. Um, again, now as I go to the age of 15 here you know i have these years that have certainly uh um gone by where these circumstances have occurred in my life where um you know it's hard to open up and reveal a lot of these things to your peers um to my mommy obviously that's one thing but as far as to your peers it's hard to be transparent uh, about these things going on um and one's life at such a young age. Uh, so now, you know, come the age of 15, I, I became a GD and I even began selling weed on a small scale um, in the high school that I went to. And, you know, by the time age 16 came around, here I am feeling myself heavy. And at that point, I'm trying to assert myself as a dominant figure in my home. Um, also at that time, I was babysitting my newly born little brother Keenan um, after school each day and then my mommy would go to her restaurant that she owned when I was off of school and shit despite me babysitting my little brother um, here I was still selling weed um, out of our home now granted I wouldn't let anyone come inside because I wasn't with them shits 
Um, however, I was still on that making money tip. So, I mean, shit, after a while, here I am kind of feeling like I'm the motherfucking man. You know, shit, I got cash. I got a, a tight-ass click that definitely had, had my back. Pardon me, if I needed some AA, all I'd do is make a fucking phone call or beep a motherfucker back then. Because, you know, pages were out back when I was in high school. Um, and on top of that shit, I was starting to get a little bit of clout. Um, so, you know, all that shit makes a, a young lad act out. Um, and in acting out, my mother just was tired of me just fucking up, basically. So um, my aunt, my aunt Bonita in Ohio, um, my aunt Nini, she was known for straightening out her, uh, her nieces or nephews when, when the time would come. And what would occur is you would have to go down pardon me go over to stay with her um in ohio uh on wright patterson air force base in the military housing obviously um with her um my uncle lee and then their children which are my three cousins obviously um little lee lance and Brittany. um and so it, of course it was my turn and so my mommy sent me over to Ohio and I stayed with, with them, which I actually fell in love with being in a totally different and more positive surrounding um, where I started to learn transparency um, because I was in an environment where I was allowed to breathe, if you will. Um, I mean, here I started to work out. Uh, with my uncle Lee, we were riding bicycles to to Desi, which shit, it felt like probably, probably was like a 13 damn mile bike ride. One way it felt like I, I could be right, I could be wrong. Um, I started working at Long John Silver. Um, you know, there was no gang activity from my end, no drug dealing from my end. Um, I mean, life was was just really, really great, and. The moment I discussed remaining in Ohio with my aunt and my uncle, they were all for it. They thought it was a great idea. Talked with my papa. He thought it was an awesome idea. But when it came time to discuss this with my mommy, she did not think it was a great idea. She was not on board and demanded that I come back home. No matter how much I pleaded with her and, and expressed emphatically that I I feel as though I'm going to do better staying here um, on a military housing um, or pardon me living in a military housing community no matter how much I, I, I expressed and stressed this to her um, and that was my form of being transparent with my mommy though it was so hard to have that talk with her she still insisted and demanded that I return back home to Linwood, Illinois, which I did. And that for me was my moment of realizing, okay, well, fuck being transparent because here I decided to be very transparent and where did it get me? Over the years, um, I mean, there was a lot of decisions, man, that, that I didn't make that were good because again, I felt like transparency wasn't a good thing. Um, I felt like trying to 
talk to certain people wouldn't be a good thing. So I just learned a lot of toxic behaviors and toxic mannerisms where um, I, I, you know, I would treat people like shit because I had a very toxic mindset. Um, and I get none of us are perfect. And, you know, hell, I'm still learning. Um, but, you know, to be able to open up and just share with someone why um, there was a lot of things bothering me on the inside um, was the toughest thing, you know. And losing my mommy December 28th, 2006, um, that right there really, really helped me realize that I'm so glad that I was able to be real and learn transparency with my mommy as I got older because when she trans transitioned, pardon me, um, it wasn't like her and I left anything on the table, if you will. Um, and again, where I'm going with all of this, and I apologize, I hope I didn't lose anybody, but where I'm going with all of this is that I wanted to share a few things with you as an audience because I wanted to show transparency because I want to I want to start a movement where I feel like relationships will be healthier if men can learn to just be more transparent um, and I felt like if I can open up and share you know just a a few glimpses of the things that I've gone through growing up um then perhaps you know it 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 will show someone that hell here's a stranger to someone's ears deciding to open up and be transparent you know i'm not no motherfucking goody two shoot i remember my mommy would try to have um individuals from certain churches within within the area of Linwood and neighboring communities try to come talk to me and I would, you know, I would ask them, you know, have you ever gang bang? You know, have, were you ever part of a gang? Have you ever shot a gun? Have you ever sold drugs? And when they tell me no, I look at them like there's nothing you can fucking tell me that's going to help me relate to you. So I hope my form of transparency and every segment that I, that I do on, on my podcast and every guest that I have on my podcast, I hope that my listening audience can see that I'd rather be transparent with the hopes of helping someone shed that toxic weight that he or she has been carrying, you know? Because, um, again, I'm not perfect. I mean, hell, you know, I'm smoking weed on a fucking, on my, on my segment, on my podcast. I've, I, you know, I've been a gang member. You know, I've sold drugs. I've disrespected my moms. Um, I've disrespected my papa. I've had a fight with my papa um, when he was alive. You know, I mean, he also rest in comfort. Uh, I remember I've cussed him out. I remember I've hugged him. Him and I went to, to a, a White Sox game together. Him and I played basketball together where I've had the pleasure of beating him in at least one game. Um... 
I also understood how how toxic I was because I was not the type of man to open up and be transparent. You know, if something was really bothering me, um, and I was fortunate to have someone in my life that cared, I wasn't I wasn't transparent. Um, and like I said, you know, when you're carrying that much weight as a man, as a person in general, um, but definitely us men, um, you know, we're, we're already carrying the weight of, of great expectancies. You know, we're expected to be uh, leaders. Um, we're expected to be providers of our homes. Um, we're expected to not let things quote unquote get to us we expect us to just shake shit off and roll with the punches and man that's not life that's not living you have to understand that if you cannot talk to someone and or several people that really care about you um, then I mean you're going to Pardon me. There's a high probability, because again, I like to say that I'm not a psychologist. However, there's a strong possibility that you will, in fact, develop toxic mannerisms. Um, and they're going to plague you and every relationship that you have. Every person that is going to be a significant part of your life in one way or another is going to feel your toxicity if you don't know how to be transparent to me it's that simple um and and believe me i still struggle with this but i'm doing better um you know, my, my cousin he knows in particular if he doesn't hear hear from me um i think he's at the point now if he doesn't hear from me like every three weeks or pardon me, at least in three weeks, because we talk more than that. But if he doesn't hear from me in like three weeks, um, he calls me and he's like, you know, what's going on? Everything okay? And, you know, I've there's been times I, I've tried to, to lie and not be transparent. He's like, man, fuck that. I know you. What's up? And then, you know, we'll pull it out. Um, I think it's because maybe as a man, we're afraid to open up and, cry um and that's you know and, and we have to learn that that doesn't make us weak um i'm trying to fight back tears right now it doesn't make us weak it makes us human um we have a lot of us men man especially this next generation behind us behind my generation um a lot of anger, man. Uh, and where I come from in Chicago, I mean, shit, motherfuckers kill so easily as men. Like, with no regard, you know. As if being transparent and talking things out means nothing. And we got to stop that shit, man. You know, this isn't a black or white thing. This is a a human being of energy thing where we have to realize that um, that's a toxic behavior. 
You know, if you're if you're just quick to pull out a gun and shoot somebody because you're angry or you uh, don't agree with something that was done and or said, that's a toxic way of thinking. You're living a toxic life because that's not normal, man. Um, and again, being transparent is a learned behavior. So to my to my to my brothers and i and again this isn't about a color thing brothers as in to my men my fellow men listen make it a point to start being transparent something's bothering you don't expect your 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 significant other to read your damn mind and know what's going on gotta stop this shit man you know, life is too short to be walking around acting as though it makes you hardcore or the thuggest of all thugs to bottle shit up and keep it inside. It doesn't make you a thug. It just makes you a toxic person. Um, food for thought, you know. So I really appreciate having you all listen. I'm definitely stoned, so I do hope that I didn't lose anyone um, at any point within this segment. Uh, though I did kind of make a bullet, just a bullet point list of the things I wanted to speak about. Um, you know, I really didn't type up like a freaking narrative for each topic. Um, because again, I just wanted to um, briefly be transparent and then I wanted to kind of end this segment or not kind of but I wanted to end this segment with my candor and, and letting men know we, you've got to begin being transparent for your sake I mean what about someone that you really love in your life who was repeatedly telling you you know I'm going to leave you if you don't open up and tell me what's going on. I'm going to leave you because I can't trust you because you won't tell me what's going on. I mean, is it, is it really worth losing someone who is so dear to you because you have this egotistical sense of, of not wanting to be transparent? Um, can't keep running from your transparency. You can't, you know, um, so try it. I assure you it will be refreshing. Uh, it will be relieving. And uh, I promise that you're going to have a transformation. I mean, I damn near want, want to guarantee it, but you know, shit, they say there's no guarantees in life, so. Um, but I can promise you that you'll have a transformation. I can. Appreciate you all. Um, I don't want to talk your ears off, so peace and blessings. Plus, my doobie went out, so I need to relight my joint. Tune in again. And as I like to say, please, please, please do yourself a favor. Make sure to put a smile on someone's face today and tomorrow, starting with your own. Peace and blessings. I'll catch y'all on the next episode.